Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Hello team and welcome back to episode 167 of the Simply Fit Podcast. I am here with a very special guest who's making his second appearance on the show. I could think of no one else who I wanted to bring in rather than Ed today, who joined me on the How to Stay Healthy and Fit during the holidays. We shared 10 tips, which went down really, really well. So I've gotten back on today to discuss another topic that's very seasonal, which is top 10 ways to achieve your summer body in 2022. So how are you today, Ed? Great. And uh, did you say 167 episodes? That is correct. We are doing the daily episodes at the moment. So that's awesome. Dude, that is congratulations to that. Cause I couldn't think of 167 topics. <laughs> I, I made a commitment to do 250 and I was last week I was thinking, man, I'm close to 200 now. I'm like, why did I say 250 and not 200? But you know, it's almost there now. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm getting over the line and yeah, you know then it's going to be 300, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll keep going. Just not the daily rate. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I'll pay that. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, exactly. I think I think I can uh, take my foot off the gas a little bit once we get to 250. But today's topic is all about how to achieve your summer body. And the main reason I wanted to cover this topic is A, I always feel like these topics are covered way too late in the year. And B, when I did some research, it was shocking how almost, I want to say horrifying, how bad the advice was. So I want to say the name of the magazine. I can't completely remember it. So I don't want to call out the wrong magazine here, but just think of it a reputable men's magazine. And it was like 17 ways to achieve your beach body. And like, there was two on there. And I was like, I can't believe this is on here. One was cosmetic surgery, like go get your fat cells blasted. And then the other was going through how you can position your body. So you look most optimal. So it was like, like, yeah, sit on your, your front, have your stomach down, lift your chest up, put your forearms down because then it'll make your biceps pop. And I was like, is this really the level of information we're giving people on how to achieve their summer bodies? So I thought we need to do it right. Yeah. The worst thing about that whole thing is when you started talking about body positioning, I was like, all right, where do I need to go? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So my thought on this was that if it said how to present yourself the best 
you know, your body that exists right now on the beach yeah. or by the pool, fine. It was almost like incline your seat back, put your <laughs> iPad and your, your uh, book <laughs> above your head. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But this is genuine tips on how to achieve your summer body. So I thought, yeah. this is insane. All the information out there is, I mean, there's some that was okay in terms of like, you know, your workouts, your nutrition, but I feel like we need to write it much, much better than it has been already. So we're going to dive into 10 tips today. And Ed, would you like to take it away? Yeah, let's do it. The first thing that I always get our clients to do, and I think it's really, really important that people understand is figure out why you want to do it. Like what is that deep intrinsic reason for you to want to get that summer body? And what is that kind of set up plan that you want to put towards doing it? Like how much you want to invest into it, right? hundred percent. I think it's really, really important to just establish at the very, very get go. Um, the goal that you have, and then really lean into it, determine, okay, where do I need to go with this? Discover why you want to do it in the first place, right? And then just pretty much travel down that route as exclusively as you can. Yeah. I think you, you need to make it as clear as possible too. Cause I think we muddy the waters with our goals a lot. And we're like, oh yeah, I kind of want to lose 10 to 15 pounds instead of being like, look, I want to do it and I want to get it done. And this is why I want to do it. And you'll find that like, that is like one of the most powerful tools in keeping someone accountable and keeping them on track when it comes to like those harder times when they start to really struggle. Yeah. I think the visualization aspect of that is, is really important as well, especially if you've maybe not been where you want to be before, like you can visualize where you're going to go, but you can also visualize how you're going to feel when you get there as well. Right. Because a lot of it isn't necessarily, you know, a lot of this is going to be aesthetic based today, but I think behind the aesthetics is genuinely how you carry yourself and how you feel. And I think that's probably one of the most important aspects. It's like, this isn't just about going to the pool and having the least amount of body fat. This is about going to the pool and not feeling like you need to wear a t-shirt, going to the beach and not feeling like, okay, I need to cover myself up a little bit. It's genuinely about how you feel about you. And I think, yeah, if you can visualize that and really keep that in mind as you're working towards it, it will make the trade-offs feel a lot easier, right? Oh yeah. And that just knowing that you can like lean in on that whole thought process to keep you going when you're going to struggle because everybody does, everyone has a hard weekend or something comes up and knowing they're like, all right, I'm doing this because like, I want to feel myself be more confident and all those things is going to be massive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you arrive there, it will just be not even a thought process. It'll be just something that you're able to lean into automatically. And I think that's a really, really valuable one. Cool. That's number one. So on to number two, which is start planning right now for your summer physique, or even you should have started already, if I'm completely honest. And as I mentioned earlier, this podcast is intentionally going to be in January. It's not done, you know, unconsciously, like I want people to start thinking about this now, because if, if you can start thinking about, okay, what is the exact date in summer that I want to be in shape, then you can literally start working your way backwards. And you're like, okay, well, I need to start in March and maybe I can tighten up a little bit now to make it a little bit easier for myself. And I get a lot of people, and this happens year on year, and it probably has with you as well, that will come to me four to six weeks out. And they're like, I want to lose as much body fat as possible to get in shape for my holiday. And then they're like, oh, I, I really wish my abs were popping a little bit more this year. And you're almost like, you know, there's only so much you can do in six weeks. And yes, you might be able to get a little bit leaner, but just do yourself a favor and start thinking about realistically how long it's going to take and start planning and start taking action. Yeah. It's like that classic saying, we definitely overestimate what we can do in 
six weeks where it's like, come on, it's, that's not a lot of time to be able to get there. But like, we definitely underestimate what we can achieve in like 12, 16, 24, like 52 weeks, even like the changes that you can make over that time is huge. So like if you set that plan and look forward of what you've got coming up, you can like literally set out what you want to achieve every single week. Right. Yeah. And the short time frame always lends to something more extreme, right? It's the, if you have more time, you have more time to make mistakes. You have the ability to go at a slower pace. So you don't have to quote unquote suffer as much. You have a better chance of preserving your relationship with dieting and your food because you don't have to do anything too extreme. So I think it's just, you're saving yourself a lot of stress, a lot of hassle. And you've also got a better guarantee that you're actually going to achieve the result if you know exactly what the plan is to get there rather than scrambling very, very last minute. Yeah, for sure. And you've also got like the time to face those like external sort of challenges that'll come, right? Like you said, and then you can build out that more lifestyle sort of plan, enjoy more settings. You don't feel like you got to lock yourself in a cupboard. Yeah. And like um, you just kind of alluded to there, imagine you get injured. Imagine there's just something goes on in the family that you just can't prevent. You have space for those things. Whereas if you go for the six, four to six weeks, you just don't have the space for those things to come up. Everything needs to be nailed within that time frame if you want to present yourself in the best possible position. So I think that that has to be done. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Here's one number three. All right. So number three on my end is set tangible weekly targets. So give yourself something you can achieve every single week. Like, and it's got to kind of be outside of scale weight as well. So you want to start looking at like training progress. You want to start making sure that like you've got some sort of goal with your nutrition as well, because every week, as we know, we're not going to see positive changes on the scales. Things aren't going to be trick ticking along perfectly. So if you can set yourself targets outside of that, you're going to find every week will be successful, making that whole process, that whole journey so much smoother and so much easier. Yeah. Another thing I say a lot is that we don't have a great gauge of when our motivation is going to run out. So something that can be always essentially incentivizing is making progress, hitting, hitting milestones and making strides in the right direction week on week. So you might not be motivated to do it, but if you're seeing either the scales improve, you're seeing your ability to stay on track with your nutrition. If you've hit new numbers in the gym, that's incentivizing to keep you going and keep you going and keep you going. Like progress is incentivizing. A lot of people will ask is like, you know, how do you stay on course with like what might seem to be a boring training program, for example? And I'm like, People don't get bored when they see results, right? It's like you can kind of get through that slump of motivation, that initial, you know, non-excitement around something if you've got tangible results. And I think a lot of people and a lot of us do things that we don't particularly love, but we can see the byproducts of the efforts that we put in and that's enough to keep us going. So if you've got that in things outside of the scale weight, which you mentioned won't always be predictable, I think you're just setting yourself up so much more success. Yeah. And we like, especially for a lot of people coming at it and being like, I want to get summer ready and I want to do this and I want to see this change on the scales. They get very attached to that scale weight changing. And then that one week where it just kind of stops and gets a little bit stubborn can derail their whole journey. Right. So knowing that like, all right, I want to have this week, I'm actually aiming to hit some PRs in the gym. I'm going to push things a little bit harder there. I'm going to hit another K on my cardio session or something like that is going to keep them coming back that next week and keep them being like, you know what? 
scales didn't move this week, but I got my PRs. I had that extra K. Like I hit my nutrition hundred percent. So we're fine. Like those little things make the journey that it's just, it's a different sort of journey for most people doing that. Right. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And then coming back to process-based goals as well, I have this uh, question on the bottom of the check-in form. My clients, I said, rate your week on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best week you possibly could have had. And quite often you'll see that they had the perfect week, but their scales didn't move and they'll rate themselves a six. And I'm like, you're not rating yourself on what the scale said. You're rating yourself on your ability to tick the boxes and you know keep to the process. And if you can focus more on the process side of things saying, okay, did I eat according to my nutrition plan? Did I complete? all my training sessions did i sleep eight hours per night like that is what you want to be basing your progress on so if you've got that you've got your training performance you've got your ability to stay on point with your nutrition yeah you've got so many wins to celebrate outside of weights and you've also got like you want to be looking past just that summer body you want to be looking at summer next year's body too right and if you're doing it now you're going to keep it when you get there <laughs> exactly exactly and that's it anything that's done like short term with the intention to be quite drastic, you know, you're not going to be able to maintain. So if you achieve those results, your chance of maintaining those is going to be quite small as well. Let's go for number four, which is aim to finish your dieting phase four to six weeks prior to the big holiday slash deadline. And this comes back to the first thing that I said, which is start planning now. And there's a couple of reasons behind this. The first is that if you've gone through a long dieting phase, anyone who is a normal human being is going to be susceptible to the temptations that come post-diet, right? There's an evolutionary desire to have body fat on your frame. And with a world that we live in with hyperpalatable foods and temptations and all of these triggers from the past and marketing material, then each and every one of us are going to be susceptible no matter how much experience that we have. So if you're going from being in a really, really strict and diligent diet to basically a free-for-all almost and with all the temptations around you. Yeah, especially if you go on like an all-inclusive holiday, you're going to struggle, right? You are really going to struggle. And then the second aspect I would say is that, you know, by the time, if you can finish four to six weeks in advance, you're going to reduce your chance of that because of obviously you have time to reverse diet, bring your calories up so that hormonally you're in a much better place. You're far less susceptible to those foods because you've already built your calories up. And then the second aspect is, most people will finish their, their dieting phase on a high amount of cardio and activity and a low amount of calories so that when they do go and have like the 2,000 or 3,000 calorie day, it's such a stark contrast to where they were before. But if you've had time to reverse diet and your daily calories are now around 2,000, that 2,000 to 3,000 isn't going to be such a contrast and it isn't going to have such a kind of detrimental effect on your physique as well. Yeah. I also find it helps mentally to give someone like that little buffer time to be like, All right, we're going to get ready now. And then we've got four weeks to bring calories back up. Because as we know, when we start to implement more calories into the diet, obviously with food volume, scale is going to do a little creep up before they come back down. So if you go away after dieting really, really aggressively, and then you go away and you have that 2000 calories, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to step on the scales. And that scale weight shot up, guarantee you mentally, you're going to be like, what was the point? Like, I'm up five pounds, even though it's just water and food volume, it's going to throw you straight back to where you were, right? Yeah. You're going to be far more susceptible to that as well, right? It's like you said, if you have four to six weeks of reverse dieting under your belt, you might wake up and fluctuate by a kilo or something. But if you do it post your long fat loss phase, you could fluctuate up to three to five or maybe even 10 kilos within the course of a week, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. And that's that will, without a doubt, make you question the last 
12 weeks of dieting to get there because you're just like, I just crushed it. And now I go away for one week and scales are up by eight. Like, what's the point? Why did I do that? Yeah. Back to the start. And the same goes, same goes to your body composition as well. It's going to be far more susceptible to those changes as well. Like, like you said, with the water. So if you start eating a bunch of food, all of a sudden your, your lines are going to begin to fade, but at least within those four to six weeks of reverse dieting, those lines have just started to be a little less crisp. So when you're going to go away, you're not going to see far too many fluctuations in your physique. You're not going to go from shredded to washed out. You're just going to go from lean and tight to a little less lean and tight. So I think that, yeah, that one is just so important to just protect yourself psychologically more so than anything. And be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor because of other to, to maintain that shredded physique, you'll have to stay super strict on your holiday, which I don't think is most people's intentions. No. And whenever I go on holiday, there's definitely nothing that strict about it. Like, Perfect. Hit us with number five. All right. For us, it's got face challenges that life throws at you. Like don't just lock yourself away during the next 12 or so weeks. Like actually be social, go out to dinner so you can start to learn strategies around how to handle them. We had a client that was on the biggest loser. She lost like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Oh yeah. Then when she came out of the biggest loser, she put on hundreds and hundreds of pounds because they were locked away for X amount of time in a house, having everything cooked for them, having nothing but activity done all day. And then to come out into the real world and then just be like, oh shit, what am I going to do? You've got McDonald's, all these sort of old habits that just come creeping back in. So if they face the challenges during their journey, they're going to be know how to handle it when those cravings come or when they're out with friends and things like that. So you can then implement the strategies you learn during your dieting phase on your holidays, over your summer break and all those sorts of things too, right? Absolutely. And uh, I think a lot of people's experience a little bit closer to that would have been during the lockdowns, right? It was the perfect time for some people to diet because of all of a sudden that social life that was holding them back from reaching their goals didn't exist. I had a couple of clients have that. They took advantage of that time period, but those were the ones who had to learn when they came out on the other side and started socializing again. So I think we said this on the Christmas, uh, the holiday special, the reality is, is that you are going to face Christmases and holidays in the future. So to lock yourself away, to be super strict and not engage in any of that, you're just postponing it for the next year and the next year. So I think that's such a valuable tool to just be able to chat. Yeah. Go through these challenges, especially if you've got a coach and especially if you're motivated to do it as well, because you're going to be much more willing to learn and succeed within those environments rather than when you come out the other side, you don't have that motivation or that desire to stay on point anymore. And it's, it's far harder because your, your why isn't there as much as it was before. Yeah. And you've also like, it's just getting those strategies in play that are going to work for you too, right? Like there's no blanket of like, Oh, everyone just do this. You'll be fine. It's like, you actually need to be like, all right, I got to face this situation and be like, all right, how do I handle it? Like what throws me off kilter completely? And what keeps me on track? What do I kind of need to look at with those things? If you're not doing that during a dieting phase, you're literally coming out the other end when you've got more calories and you've got more social occasions because you want them because you locked yourself away, but just with, with no tool belt at all. Like the wheels will 90% of the time fall off. Yeah. And those techniques that you use, it tends to be quite universal as well. It's like the, when someone's gone through 
you know, a social maybe two or three times, like they've got the majority of the skill that they need in order to handle majority of those. Yes, holiday is going to be a little bit different. Yes, weddings are going to be a little bit different. But on the whole, it's going to be largely similar. The only difference is going to be maybe the length of time and then also the exposure to certain foods. So that otherwise you're going to use, you're going to get tools that you're going to be able to use in almost every single situation. And it's it, those tools are the, like the most valuable part we find of everyone's journey. Yeah. And it comes back to what you've said, which is thinking beyond the summer holiday as well, right? It's like, you don't just want to be in, hold, in shape for that summer holiday. You want to be in shape for far longer. And therefore, if you don't know how to do that, then you're going to come back maybe a little bit heavier from your holiday. You're going to integrate yourself into socials and then it's a slippery slope backwards. Awesome. Number six for me is uh, don't compromise your health for the extra one to 2%. So I think we all have this misunderstanding that every single person beachside and poolside is going to be absolutely shredded and going to be in the shape of their lives. But in my experience, that is not the case. I think that the person who's actually in really good shape tends to be the odd one out. Um, yeah, unless you're going to like a, a pool, flip. yeah, unless you're going to like a pool party in, I don't know, Ibiza or something like that, right? Like <laughs> where, where people have more of a proclivity to be, you know, in shape and have abs and all that type of stuff. But generally, like you said, it's the opposite. Like you are the odd one out and the people who are maybe holding a little bit more body fat, who maybe are not so health and fitness conscious are going to be the majority. And therefore we get this idea that, you know, we have to be the absolute most shredded we can possibly be. And we make these pretty extreme choices in order to get to the best possible place in our eyes and usually choose to compromise our health in the process when in reality, going that kilo heavier or that one to 2% higher in body fat, you would be super happy with that. You're probably going to be the most in shape person there. And you didn't have to do anything too extreme that's going to impact you in the long term. Yeah. Like uh, I think one thing that we forget when it comes to transformations and getting results is the fact that like health is insurmountable for all, every client, everybody needs to be healthy and that needs to be part of their entire journey, right? Like having an extra percentage of body fat isn't going to completely derail everything if it's going to keep you feeling healthier long-term too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, it may as well, it's almost this thing where I've heard before when someone gets maybe really, really rich and what they decide to do is they decide to buy the, the car of their dreams. But then once you've bought the car of your dreams, what comes next, right? Like, you know, what, what do you have to do to top that? Like, you, you know, you've kind of just tapped out. So it might be better to just go for the car that you really like. There's maybe a little bit more within your budget and then leave room for the future to then get the Ferrari or get the Lamborghini, whatever you want to. And the same goes for your physique as well. It's like this time round, you might want to go as, you know, the, the night, the, I don't, I can't use car analogies because I don't know nearly as much about them, but you know what I mean? You might want to go for that car. That's like that eight out of 10 in your list. And then next summer holiday might be a nine out of 10. And then the next one might then be that 10 out of 10. And at least you've got progression each time. And obviously if you've hit eight, if you hit nine, you can hit 10 a little bit healthier. Whereas if you go from not being in shape at all to trying to hit your 10 out of 10 physique, it's highly likely that you're going to have to go to some extremes in order to do that. Because outside of that summer holiday time, you've probably been able to build up your calories a little bit, let your metabolism recover, build some muscle, put that on your frame. So it's going to be a lot easier later on down the line. So I think that, yeah, something that it's going to come back to a lot with all these points I, I think we make is going to be long-term thinking. Oh yeah. And it's also like, this isn't the last holiday you're ever going to go on. So it's like, you don't 
you, for the next holiday you're going, you can repeat the cycle and get a little bit leaner or have a little bit more muscle tissue on there. So you'll generally look a little bit leaner and things like that. Right. So it's like, yes, you want to look your best for this, but you've got other things coming in there too. Right. And you'll also have a more rational head on your shoulders. I think, I don't know about you, but I, in the past probably would have cared a lot more about going to that extra one to 2%. But now I'm just like, oh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll just go where I feel comfortable as yeah. opposed to like going to any extremes. I want to ask you at the end, actually, when we go for our tips, what your experiences have been with summer, uh, getting a summer body. Cause I didn't, I was going to touch on that at the start. So we'll do that at the end. But yeah, I think that the, the longer you go on, especially if you maintain your health and fitness journey, you recognize that, you know, going to those extremes and then compromising your long-term goals of maybe going into a muscle building phase or something, it just isn't worth it. Oh yeah. And like, especially now, like we've got, I've got a kid and like a family and stuff like that. Like my idea of body composition and health is two very different things to when I was 20 and going away on a beachside holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got the excuse of dad bod as well, if you want to. Yeah. Like I can get away with it. <laughs> Just <laughs> Exactly. Right. Here, that's for number seven. This is, I'm going to throw you a curveball with this one, but it kind of links into that. And it's the idea of building your foundations around sleep, stress management, and activity. Right. Ooh, I wasn't because expecting that. I know. I threw, I threw, I thought this one came to me during our last, that whole last point. And it's like the fact that like, we don't want to just push aside things that are super important, like getting your seven to nine hours of sleep a night, making sure you're managing your stress and getting in all those like little basic daily activities and with your step counts and things like that. And not just focusing on like creating a bigger deficit and smashing yourself in the gym and crushing your cardio. It's like, you need these little foundations to make sure you're recovering so you can push those other areas too, right? Yeah, I completely agree. And a point that came to my mind as you're saying that, and this might be for a separate podcast, is that I think it's really important that we all reframe our relationship with a holiday. So that's something I always challenge my clients thinking of is that they go away and they're like, I really want to enjoy myself. So, you know, what does this mean for my health and fitness? And that's because in the past, their holidays have been around indulging in food, doing basically nothing apart from maybe walking around and spending some time in the pool. And that's their perception of what it is. It's something they go away through. They kind of let loose completely and they come back three to five kilos heavier. So I always challenge them to say, okay, well, does that really need to be the way this year? Can we be mindful and still enjoy ourselves? Can we do a little bit of activity but not have to work out every day? And once they find themselves somewhere in the middle, they're usually so much happier with that. But the type of person who's not going to be able to change their relationship and the type of person who's going to want to completely decompress and do nothing is the person who compromised their sleep, who didn't manage their stress, who made sure they did absolutely everything in terms of compromising sleep to get their steps in. They're going to need to decompress entirely. So they're going to set themselves up for the biggest rebound when they go away. Whereas, like you said, if you manage your sleep and you manage your stress and you get to your holiday, but you don't absolutely need it, then you're going to have far more control when you're on your holiday as well. Yeah. And it's also things like managing your sleep and managing your stress makes the cravings and all those little things that will come during any sort of dieting phase so much more manageable for you because you're not constantly stressed out thinking about food or missing sleep. So your energy levels are tanking throughout the day. And then it's like getting to that holiday, you don't feel like you've just had so much focus on that sort of those sorts of meals and that type of food that it's like, you're not just going to face dive into it. Right. Plus I don't know about you, but it, when you're super active throughout your time and you're actually focusing on your activity and those things, 
going on holiday, you kind of want to go to the gym and you want to go for a walk and you want to be a little bit active because you get kind of antsy just sitting around by the pool. Yeah, I'm not sure if everyone can relate to that. That might just be us that are kind of biased thought process. But I, I definitely feel the same way. Like I do it because I would feel unusual not to, and it's not anything to do with body composition. It's just how I feel better when I move around. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I just can't do that whole switching off thing where you just don't do anything. Maybe like a day, maybe a couple of hours. But after that, I'm just like, okay, I, I need to do something now. So yeah, but unless like, if you've got zero energy, cause you've been super stressed out to the max and you're running on five hours sleep, then that's probably all you're going to want to do. A hundred percent. And it's also like, we're like, we're down in Palm Springs now, which is a much more relaxed atmosphere to being in Vancouver. And even though the first couple of weeks, I tried to actually stay away from a lot of weight training just because I'm like, we can do everything outside. I can go skating. We can go running. We can play with our son outside stuff like that. I'm like, let's utilize that as much as possible. And now I'm a couple of weeks into it and it's like, all right, I've got my training back in. I'm actually weight training four days a week again. I'm still super active outside with him in the mornings and all those sort of things. And it's like, it's now becoming that lifestyle again. Yeah. hundred percent. And personal question, how's Monty getting on with the skateboarding? I have an invested interest in his development. <laughs> He's taken from, so we've got him standing on his own. Like he can stand and roll by himself on his scooter. He can kick and stand and roll for a bit, but he's definitely now enjoying sitting on the skateboard and being pushed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me. So I'm still holding out hope. I'm, I'm expecting him to be like a full blown shredder by the time he's like another couple of years older. He'll get there. The fact that we've got him on the scooter, like kicking and standing and like rolling, it's like my mind's blowing. And we just bought him a tricycle and he's already like figuring out how the legs work and stuff like that. That's insane. I love that. I love that. Right. It's my go, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're up. Cause I threw the curveball. Cool. You did indeed. I've got another curveball for us now, which is determine whether it's worth postponing your summer body until next year. So that's my, that's my curveball for you. So this is something that I've definitely taken part in myself is that I have pictures of me on holiday where I am the heaviest I've ever been. Like literally my swim shorts are like holding on for dear life. You know, they're about to burst at the seams because I'm so heavy. And this was a proactive choice that I've made because of, as I mentioned before, it's like the more and more times you go away, the less and less you realize that, you know, being shredded isn't the be all end all. And also when you have these bigger picture goals, you know, it might be worth actually staying in your muscle building phase during a summer and then coming back stronger the next year. So that was a proactive choice that I made a couple of times. And although it wasn't completely comfortable to be like 93 or 94 kilos, which is like 10 to 12 kilos heavier than my, my kind of average weight on holiday, it really is quite liberating almost to go away and just be like, well, I'm still in shape. You know, I still train. I still, you know, take care of my body, but I'm, I'm holding a significant amount of body fat that I am. But I know that because I didn't compromise this time, my body next year is going to be 10 times better than it could have been this year as well. So it was one of those things where I've been able to just step away and say, okay, is it even worth doing it this year? I even had that contemplation with this year as well. I'm like, you know, is, you know, should I cut down this year? But then I'm looking at 2020, I'm looking at 2021. Were they the most optimal years for training? Probably not. Maybe I can put a good solid stint of training in for 2022. And my 2023 physique is going to be night and day difference compared to what it could be this year. 
Yeah. And it's like we spoke about before where it's like, this isn't the be all end all of your training or your life, right? You're not going to hit this holiday and then come back and be like, all right, I'm done. See you later. It's this should start being like a lifestyle or a long-term plan. And with that, you've got to have times of, if your goal is to say, create the best physique, you need to take time to build muscle tissue, to actually increase strength and do all those little things. And that, like you, you and I both know, that's the longest part of everyone's journey is actually sitting down and taking the time to put on the muscle tissue. So the next dieting phase or the next holiday, they look way better. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think that most people will get tempted to like, they let's say they get in shape for the first time in the summer and they're like from September through to March, let's say I'm going to gain muscle and then I'm going to get back into that deficit. But six months versus doing that for, you know, going around that cycle again and doing an 18 month muscle gaining phase like I said, night and day difference, especially if you're new to your training as well. And you've got a lot of muscle to accrue. You have such a better chance of presenting yourself. So it's, it's kind of that delayed gratification thing, right? It's like, do I go away now and, you know, have a slightly better physique than last year, or do I hold off and have potentially the best physique I've ever had? Yeah. And it's also like, you can, you want to take that time to build that muscle too, because doing that means you're going to actually limit the amount of body fat you put on long-term, right? Like you will slowly increase that. So that means you're going to be slowly increasing more muscle tissue. Whereas if you're like, oh, I'm going to do a six month smash and put on some muscle mass, chances are you're just going to end up having to diet off a lot more body fat than you would 18 months down the track, right? Yes, absolutely. And that comes back to another point is that, like you said, it's not the be all end all, but it's also nicer to go away on holiday, holding a little bit more body fat than potentially you typically would to then not think that every single holiday requires you to cut down. Right. Because if that's going to build a lot of stress in itself, like imagine if like every single year you're going away and like, Oh, I've got to diet again for this holiday. Whereas if you can go away and be like, I'm in the process of building my physique. Yeah. I'm a little bit heavier, but I'm going to get comfortable with this physique. I'm going to be poolside with my shirt off. You're going to probably build more confidence within yourself and your body by being able to do that. Yeah. And it's also the experiences that you have while you're away that matter more than anything, right? Like it's not the amount of people looking at you going, man, that dude is shredded. It's like, no, I went to the pool and we swam all the time. It was great. I had an awesome time. Sure. I got a little bit more body fat, but I can guarantee you nobody went, Ooh, that guy should diet. <laughs> exactly. And there's, this is a big thing actually. There's a big difference between going when you've never trained or taking care of your nutrition before compared to when you are actually taking care of your nutrition and your training and you're kind of intentionally holding a little bit more body fat in the pursuit of a goal. Like they're two very different experiences. And I think most people will assume that if they don't go away on holiday in shape, they'll feel like they did before they got started. Whereas that's usually not the case because of, like I said, compared to a lot of people there, you are going to be probably one of the outliers. It's definitely a big difference as well. Like, and I think this is where the power of having a coach comes into these sorts of things because they can talk you through the fact of like, all right, our aim for the next 18 months is putting on muscle tissue. The reason behind this is because when we diet again in say 18 months, 24 months, you're going to look 10 times better. Then you can hold on to that for a lot longer. That little intrinsic like guidelines and roadmaps and stuff will make things so much better to go away and have a holiday where you might have an extra 10 kilos of body fat on you and be like, well, that's my goal right now isn't to get shredded. My goal right now is to get bigger and stronger. Then I'll get shredded in time. And you can have a lot more desserts whilst you're away. That's for sure. <laughs> so good. They've got these things note, in the States. You go. For anyone who doesn't know, they've got these things in the States. They're 100 calorie Greek yogurt ice creams. Oh, wow. I've never heard yeah, of those. 
they're called Yasso bars. They're like, they're like hundred calories each. They're normal size of like an ice cream. They're great until you eat the third one in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you get to the point of like 300, 400 calories, you're like, I probably could have just had a normal ice cream here. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't I just have a normal ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, yes. I do have a question based on that situation. So if you have a client who's got this long-term muscle building phase goal in mind, what would you say to them if they said, can we just do a mini cut so I can feel a little bit more comfortable on my holiday? What would your take be on that? Uh, we'd have a look at where they're at basically in terms of what their body composition looks like now, what their training's like, whether we're progressing towards their training goals quickly and smoothly, and then have that base conversation around like, how much do you want to lose? What do you want to sort of look like? And then kind of see what their guidance needs to be. So I wouldn't be straight in their court of being like, yep, hundred percent, let's go. But I would definitely have a look at what tangible outcomes we set at the start. Like if their goal was to say, get another 10 kilos of muscle tissue on or increase their bench press, sort of things like that. I'd want to make sure we're moving towards that goal smoothly and then try to remind them that this is what they set for themselves. So like it's, it's, I find it's the, the shiny object syndrome where we typically forget like our big outcome goal was putting on this weight not, oh, I just booked a holiday. Can we quickly drop a bit of body fat? Yeah. I, if I'm honest, I think mini cuts have been glorified a little bit more than I think that they should have done. I didn't partake in many during some of my really lengthy muscle building phases. And I think that my physique, it just definitely paid off. My physique got better as a byproduct of staying in that muscle building phase. And the thing is, is that if you are going to go for a mini cut, yes, you can dip in and out, but it's kind of likely that you are going to drop a little bit of strength potentially. It is kind of likely that you're one are going to overdo it a little bit more. And I find that it is a bit counterintuitive and six weeks isn't the end of the world, but it's kind of six weeks bringing your calories down, six weeks bringing your calories up maybe. And you find that you've lost a solid three months of muscle building in that phase. Whereas if you kept that momentum going, you probably would have paid off more. I mean, I tend to do it like I, like you mentioned in relation to my client's goals and whether it's worth it, but I would try and stay clear from it as much as I could, if I'm honest. It's, it's the same. So like, I'm very, very much the same with that. Like it's, it's like, I want to make sure that we're still moving towards like the client's goals. And I feel like they, a lot of the time, even I do, like we forget what that big outlining outcome was that we wanted to start with just because all of a sudden we're like, Oh, my pants feel a little bit tight. And it's like, then it's, but that's like, that's part of this process of putting on muscle tissue. There will be a little bit of body fat come on with it. That's just hand in hand, right? We just want to make sure that we're still ticking along those boxes and getting there. And then it's also like, what we, what I typically do with a mini, with a mini cut is just make my client tighten their nutrition up a little bit. Less of the whole being relaxed, having a couple meals out a week. It's like, all right, if you want to do it, let's do four weeks where we just literally clean everything out, get all your vegetables in, hit your protein content, hit your carb content. And we typically find things just tighten up and they feel better anyway, overall from doing that. I love that approach. I think that's a much wiser move. I don't even think you would need to touch calories that much. Literally just focus, like you said, tightening up a little bit, eating more health oriented foods, getting back on top of your sleep, just maybe going out for a walk a little bit more, but not with the intention of doing cardio. I think that's a far more productive route. And also I think that if you take the route of going down 
the mini cut road is you don't get that opportunity to become comfortable with your physique being a little less sharp than you would like it to be. And like you said, that's part of that journey. And if you can kind of embrace that and really just focus on what your body can do versus what your body currently looks like, I think that's a valuable skill that a lot of people should learn during a muscle winning phase, especially males. And I was going to say females specifically, but I think males and females both would really, really favor from that. Oh yeah. And it's also like, once you've finished the dieting phase where you've got nice and lean and you're like, all right, now I'm in the perfect state to start building muscle tissue. Taking that mini cut can literally set us back a little bit, right? Just to get lean for, for, for what, a quick holiday where you might be away for a week. Like, is that worth the, the small step back that we might take for a couple of pounds of body fat? Completely agree. Hit us with number nine. Number nine on my end is buckle up and get it done. Once you make the decision to do it, like put everything in place and get it done. Like don't waver back and forth halfway and be like, oh, we'll just add an extra week onto my dieting phase. It's like, no, you made this decision. You've set your why. You've put everything in place. Like, let's do it. (laughs) I could not agree more. I really couldn't. I feel that if you make a decision like that, just go all in. And I have found that if you try to get the best of both worlds, you tend to get the best of neither. So you may as well just accept what's going to come in terms of the potential sacrifices and hardships, but also accept that, you know, your results are around the corner as well. And they're coming sooner. If you, like you said, buckle up and just get on with it and just do the work. And, you know, you're kind of, I don't like to use the word suffering, but you are prolonging your suffering by just saying, oh, another week, another week, because it seems easy in the moment, but what's actually easiest long-term is to get it done in the shortest yet healthiest way possible versus keeping on pushing it back and pushing it back. You're going to feel far more satisfied with yourself. And, you know, if you have got a specific timeline, which is quite tight because it is a holiday or it's a wedding, then you might not want to, you might miss out on having those extra four weeks to then reverse diet into that as well. If you keep pushing it back. Yeah. And the, the hardest part for everybody without a doubt is the start figuring out your schedule, figuring out your workouts, getting your nutrition sorted is always the hardest part. And for some unknown reason, as everybody knows, we seem to repeat that over and over again by slipping up or just being like, Oh, start next week. It's like, get that, rip the bandit off, get the hardest part done. And let's do this. I completely agree. I literally did a podcast just a few days ago on how to stop backsliding. I'm like, we're so ready to restart and go again. But if we just caught ourselves when we started to slip versus having to just go again, it would be far more productive for us. It, it, gets exhausting. That's a lot of energy to have to build up to go again once you've kind of fallen off for a couple of days. I also think momentum is so powerful in a fat loss or a muscle building phase. It's just like those consecutive weeks on weeks on weeks where you're seeing progress being made. It's it's gratifying, but it's also there's something about it where the changes just come thick and fast and you can really see things moving, but you don't get the opportunity to get that if you keep disrupting momentum. Yeah. And it also stops you having to do anything too drastic in the last few weeks right? Like if you're on it now and you're just like, I'm going to go full steam ahead and get it done. I'm going to follow everything that's set to me and all those little things. There's less chance that you're going to get to the end and have to do something exceptionally aggressive just to feel your best. Yeah. I completely agree. I love that point. My last one for number 10 is do it for you and you only. And I think a lot of these points have kind of touched on this is that we probably place way too much on what other people are going to think of our physique when we reach that holiday, when we get poolside, when we get beachside. 
than people are really acknowledging, to be completely honest. I don't think people are really paying that much attention as much as it might crush us all a little bit and our egos to think that. It tends to be the reality. I think that in my experience, I've not gone away and been lean and had people running up to me and like, oh, you look so shredded. The only people who do might be dudes, if I'm completely honest. They'll be the one who comes up and they're like, hey, how much do you bench, bro? And that that's about <laughs> it, right? Like... <laughs> So people really aren't paying too much attention. And yes, the age of Instagram and social media might mean that people are a little bit more aware of it because if you're going to be posting holiday photos, you're going to be putting them online. And I appreciate that there's going to be that pressure. But I think it's important to just determine before you even start this, who you're doing it for. Like even I had the thought process because I'm going to be going to Dubai in a few months. And I was like, maybe I should tighten up a little bit beforehand. And I was like, but why? Why do I need to? Like, I'm quite happy with where I'm at right now. I've been pretty tight on my diet since Christmas because, you know, I just wanted to feel a little bit more comfortable again. I'm like, if I start now, I've got to start doing cardio, which is time taken away from things that I want to do. I don't get the opportunity to experience a bunch of Mexican food, which I'm, I'm really going to be happy to do. And and the trade-off just isn't worth it. And I'm just like, I will be perfectly happy if I had to go tomorrow. I might just need a little bit of trim of my body hair and I'm good, you know? And you know, there would be no value other to than, okay, then Elliot can appear shredded whilst he's away, which is not done for myself. So my decision making process was, unless I really feel like I want to do it for me, I'm not going to do it. And I think that's a really, really important thing to determine before you get started and try and keep that focus throughout because you'll probably place additional pressure on yourself as well. You might get to that final stage and we know what happens when you stress. You tend to you know, not get as many results either. So you're stressing towards the end because you're thinking about what other people are going to think. But if you actually let go and just be like, nope, I'm just going to focus on doing the best that I can and doing it for me, your physique's probably going to look far better and you're going to feel so much better mentally and physically. Yeah. And also, like you said, like as a creature or anything like that, human beings are very self-conscious. They're selfish, right? So we worry more about the way we look. So 90% of those people by the pool, they're not going to be worried about you because they're too worried about themselves not feeling great. So it's like, think about that. And then also like all the photos you post on Instagram, most people aren't going to be like, cool. They're going to be like, wow, I am jealous of where you are. You're by a pool in the sunshine experiencing things and I'm stuck behind my desk at my office. Like they don't care what you look like. They just want to be where you are. So it's like switching that mentality around like, oh, I've got to do this so everybody else thinks I look good or I'm like this sort of person. It's like, no, like those people are more worried about what they're doing than they're worried about what you're doing or how you look. So it's like, remember that. And then when you're doing this, it's it's about getting healthy and getting into a shape where you feel your best. And that might not be completely shredded. Cause I know the few times that I've gotten really, really shredded, I've been tired. I've been grumpy. I've been hungry. I've been irritable. So it's like, I don't want to feel that way. So having a little bit extra body fat on me makes me happy. I'm less irritable. I'm more patient. So it's like that little throw off is a big difference. So it's like, for me, getting super shredded now is not the concern as much anymore as it is feeling comfortable in my skin and knowing that like, I can do a lot of stuff. If I have a couple too many tacos, like it's not going to show as bad. Like I'm not going to go to the pool the next day with a little bloated belly, right? Yeah, I got two things to say on that. The first is on the note of, like you said, irritability, tiredness, lethargy. The only good people who are going to be impacted by that aside from you are the people you're going on holiday with, who are the people you probably care about the most. And if you're doing it for those on Instagram or those who are going to see your photos, they aren't going to impact, you know, they're not going to be the people around you. You're not going to 
be impacting them with your mood and your irritability. You're going to be doing it to the people that you care. So it's so important to remember that. And then the second aspect is that I am going to challenge my point. I'm going to give a counterpoint is that sometimes it might be quite motivating to say, Hey, Sandra in the office, look how shredded I am. Hey, uh, dude who didn't think I was going to get in shape. Look at me now. And I think that that can be a good driving force, but it can't be your everything. I think that you can sometimes use that like darker energy to get a little extra push. You know, maybe when it gets hard, that's when you go for it. But that has to be maybe 20 to 30% of your motivation versus almost 90%. So I think it can be used. There's nothing wrong with having a little bit of something in the back of your mind thinking, okay, well, I have got a point to prove here. People are going to see this. So I am going to prove a point, but it can't be your everything. Otherwise, you're probably going to be miserable in the process. Yeah. And it's also like, once you've proved those people, what's, what's next? Like you've just proven to Sandra in the office that you can get shredded. Like, what are you going to do next? Nothing. Right. Like there's, you proved that one person that said you couldn't do it. And now you're like, all right, sweet. Whereas if you're doing it for yourself, it's that ever long consistency and building and constantly doing it. Like you want to get in shape. You want to stay in shape. Sandra doesn't care if you stay in shape. after you got it. She didn't think you could do it in the first place. Right. So it's like, once you're there and you're like, take that. She's going to be like, sweet, bro. Good job. Don't care. <laughs> the message of the podcast, don't listen to Sandra and don't care what Sandra thinks. <laughs> Sorry to no, any Sandra's listening right sucks. now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that's our 10. And now as promised, I want to talk about your experiences with getting in shape for the summer. Tell us some of your best and worst experiences. Um, probably the best was when I first moved over to Vancouver from Australia, they didn't really have the classic summer in that regards. Like they're coming from Perth, Western Australia, where it's pretty much summer all year round. I went to a country that was raining all the time. Now I felt a lot of pressure come off my shoulders in terms of like having to get really, really shredded and anything like that, because the amount of time spent without a shirt on at the beach doing certain things was minimal. I always felt my best around that point. Now, then the honestly, the worst was like five or six years of being in Vancouver because uh, at that point I had started to make some friends and build like a very small reputation for the area that we live. Like people, you start to know people, people see you in the same spots. It's been five or so years. I'm the Australian guy that lives in the area. And also being a trainer, there was very much the idealist of like, you need to be in a certain shape to get clients. You need to look a certain way. And like, as much as I agree, yes, our physique is part of our business. I I got to the point where it was like, I was eating no carbs. It was literally like chicken and broccoli. And I would put yellow mustard on top of everything just to survive. And like that, that summer was just the worst. Cause I couldn't go out. I couldn't do anything. I was so concerned about the way I looked that I thought this is the only way I can get clients. This is it. Like people will see me at the beach and I'll be like, I want to train with that guy, even though they don't know who I am. So it was like, and at that point I was so, I was so irritable and I was so grumpy and I just hated the way things were that it was like, even though I looked great, I felt like garbage. And it's like, that's not where I was happy or where I wanted to be at all. No, it does tend to be the way for the most part, actually. It's that, you know, you get to that stage and you look the best you might have ever looked, but usually you feel the worst that you've ever felt. So you just got like, you got to find that happy medium. And one of my goals beyond, beyond like 2016, 17, when I was competing more, when I came around to dieting again, I was like, my goal here is to make sure that no one recognizes that I'm dieting, not my inner circle, not my clients. I don't want anyone to recognize it because that shows that 
I am being selfish. I'm compromising and I'm a much better human when I can show up for other people. So if I can only focus on myself and how hungry I am or how tired I am, then that's not the version of me I want to be anymore. So no, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And it's like now as well, like I've got, like I said, we've got our son Monty and Samantha and all these other people that now in a way depend on me to be accountable and to be there and to help her out with certain things. And if I'm hungry all the time and grumpy, like he's going to do something small, which is an accident that a two-year-old does. And I'm just going to fly off the handle. Like that is not a good place to be for my family or anything like that. And also the experiences I've had on holidays when I haven't been so concerned about my physique have been way better. I've been able to enjoy the local food without worrying about it. I've been way more active because I've been less worried about having people look at me and be like, I've got to be by the pool because I'm shredded. Like I've gone out, I've done way more stuff. Like I've experienced the culture a little bit more and been more involved in the actual holiday or the reason why we shouldn't be traveling. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I completely agree. Absolutely. And then, um, in terms of this coming summer or any future summer holidays, what's your plan of action? This next few years is actually about putting on some strength and some muscle, some more mass really. And then also being able to keep in mind that I want to prove to our son and our soon-to-be newborn that uh, eating healthy is very important no matter what your goal is and whether that, like it transcends way more than just body composition. If I want to be a good coach, if I want to be a good dad, if I want to be a good partner, like fueling my body properly with the efficient food is extremely important. And yeah, that's where things I think come that, for the next 12, 24 months. Yeah, that's definitely something that's kind of evolve as time goes on as well. It's the, you know, that example being set, especially as he's young and impressionable. And then the more he's going to ask questions about that, the more he's going to see that, then it becomes even more and more important. So it's almost great that you've kind of evolved from that stage of caring, you know, to a degree, how shredded you are to the point in which, yeah, it's, it's all long-term thinking. Yeah, like my biggest fear is talking to him the way that we talk to our clients, which scares me a lot, right? Because like we talk to our clients a lot about calories and macros and doing these certain things. I'm like, yes, I want him to understand it, but I also don't want him to be eight, nine, 10, thinking he's got to weigh out the amount of chicken that he needs to eat, or he can't go and have a cookie with his buddies after school or something like that, right? Like, yeah, I want him to be healthy, but I also want him to be socially healthy as well. True. And I think if you start early, then you have every chance of doing that. And I think it just comes back to the fact that sometimes we didn't get the examples. And as we know, children aren't educated quite as much as they should be on health and fitness. And I think that, yeah, if you start him early with that, then that's the example he grows up with and that will be the norm. Yeah. That's the big thing as well. Like make all this stuff as normal for him as possible. So he doesn't have to ever think about like, oh, I need to, I can't eat that because it's not good for me. It's like, no, you can have it. Just don't eat the entire plate of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so about, I was just thinking of this year then. What are you doing this year? Got, for this year, again, I think it is going to be all about trying to, for, actually, I'm going to start with the first couple of months of the year is all process-based. So that's what I've said to myself and everyone else is that, I just want to enjoy having consistency. I want to enjoy completing my five sessions per week, eating according to my plan, having a little bit of flexibility, what I want to get my sleep in a good place so that whatever choice I make next is so much easier because I've got my fundamentals in place that have been a little inconsistent just due to the pandemic over the past couple of years. So that's my first initial goal. And I do want to set myself up for another dieting phase at some point in the future. Um, I don't think it's going to be this year. So I think that this year is going to be, I haven't really tried to proactively put on muscle just like yourself potentially since 
2018. So that's crazy to think it's almost three, like four or five years ago now. So I think this year might be about progressively trying to put on some muscle and fat as well with the idea of a 2023 cut in mind if it's the right time. So yeah, that's the goal for me. So this year, if there's any chances of me being on the beach, it's going to be me being a little bit heavier, a little bit softer, and I'm just going to embrace every moment of it. Just get that tan. We always look better with a tan. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like you said, if you come back to the fact that you're doing it for a purpose, then you know, I think I think it always works out well. So that is a wrap on that. I enjoyed that conversation. Any closing words for anyone on the uh, side of preparing for their summer bodies in 2022? Just remember the big thing, like we've been saying, it's a long-term journey. Just plan it out be accountable, do what you need to do and get it done. Strong message. And for anyone who wants to connect with you, I'm sure you're going to be putting out content in the lead up to summer. Where can they find you? Uh, The easiest spot to find myself or my business partner and wife, Sam, is on our Instagram. So mine's ed underscore collective performance and hers is Samantha underscore Stokovich. So you just type in Samantha or find her from mine because her surname is very hard to spell. (laughs) it's going to be on in the show notes anyway and we're actually going to have sam on the show in the future so stay tuned for that as well right yeah she'd love it awesome all right thank you for being here ed and thank you for listening team and i'll speak to you very soon and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode i feel inspired to improve your health and well-being be sure to search for simply fit in apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast from And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.